0: Welcome back to Anakut, Cambodia Future Podcast. This is Tina, a reporter from Focus Ready for Tomorrow. And I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. Hi, Andrew.
1: Hi, Tina. Great to be here. This is the first episode of Anakut Season 2. That's so very exciting. Anakut is a production of Southeast Asia Globe, and it's sponsored by Konrad Adenauer Stiftung. And as it is June, it is the Pride Month here in Cambodia and around the world. We're going to be talking about LGBT issues facing people today in the kingdom.
0: Our today topic is LGBTQ plus in Cambodia. How are they navigating social and our cultural norms? So today we are really happy to have our two guests, Mrs. Saint-Rice and Skyler Rose is the QT director of Celica, and Skyler Rose is a fashion designer who has her clothing brand and she's a really inspirational figure in LGBTQ plus community and she's always share her story of transgender in Cambodia.
1: Yeah so Skyler if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you're doing today.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm Skylar. I have a fashion and lifestyle little company. We produce fashion items and lifestyle items like home stuff, blankets, and masks, and clothes, and all of that. And I've been doing this since 2015, since I was a teenager, and now I am a grown adult, still doing it, still happy. This year, we're slowly growing, despite COVID and all. Um, yeah, and other than that, I am just a striving person in general, just like everybody else, I guess.
1: <laughs> hey, it's all we can be—striving person. Uh, so, Racy, can you tell us a bit about your work at Silaka?
3: I'm starting to join Silaka at the end of 2012. Uh, from a very innocent girl, I call it in that way because just enjoying what family had been setting up and enjoying the student life at the university. So, not much knowing what is outside world is. But until I joined Selaka, it's a time that I discover the meaning of my life, where I should be belong and why I should be a part of this society. Hearing different stories of the women from the ground, how they're facing the violence and also other discriminations and how other groups are fighting for their own rights. So this is how I start my job and feel addicted to it and building my own belief in working with the civil society. And caring about social and political and economic issues and of course cultural issue in our country. And starting from that, having that belief and also the way that working with Silaka in 2018, I was selected as the executive director of Silaka. While we still continue our missions and visions to looking at how we can enlarge and also facilitate the discussion among a woman, especially young women, to be critical and deeply this to challenging the norm the negative norm of course and norm that we are talking here is not only about men and women but also a norm that happening to LGBTI communities a norm on disability or norm on a power dynamic between the supervisor and also the subordinate something like that and while we are working on women empowerment we're also working on good governance that try to improve the civic engagement through the governance form and process. In the top of that, the last of the program that Silaka is doing, we try to working on capacity building to different stakeholders.
1: As Tina mentioned earlier, June is Pride Month here, which is why we're talking about LGBT issues right now. I'm wondering, do you guys have any plans for Pride?
2: I don't initially have any plan for Pride. Because of the restriction that is going on as well, um, there's a lot of uncertainty of celebrations. So I think there's not much going on for me. And how about you, Bonnie say? For us as an
3: organization, we join in collaboration with other organizations to show our solidarity through their online campaigns. Actually, we already post on our Facebook page to celebrate the Pride Week, but we also plan to have another message from our team to show the support, especially to change the narrative of some misconception, misunderstanding about LGBT community that most of the people always say it. We try to show the solidarity by changing those negative narratives to become a very positive narrative that affects the life of LGBT community. What are those misconceptions? A few of the things that we often heard is LGBT is not nature. LGBT is a transmit disease. LGBT ID is a concept from the Western. LGBT have no future. And LGBT can end the human era. You know, something like that, we hear a lot from most of the people. And I think it's a very great time to unpack some those misconceptions and try to explain in a way that when people say that it's not natural, what do you mean by it's not natural? I and you and other we born from our mother and our parents. It's a natural creating earth. So it's a
2: double stand-up, right? Yeah, I think whatever say, whatever you brought up, is totally, totally fact. And those misconceptions that you bring up has never gotten better since the beginning of time until today. Even we celebrate pride and we're more open now and people seem more accepting. But the misconceptions are still there. Yeah, and it's so simple to kind of understand step by step by, what do you mean someone is unnatural? What do you mean? Um, because... Every human being is the same thing. If you're born as a cisgender person or a hetero person or a gay person, if that's natural, how can another human being not be natural? It doesn't add up. The thing is that open up to accept the reality or they're still
3: blocking their mindset. It's not only happening with LGBT community, you know. For example, like, if you are, as a woman, in the society of patriarchy, to make sure that you are being at home, you know, not picking up or going out at night. So when you are there to do those kind of things, people would say, where do you get those ideas? Are you born in the U.S.? Are you graduated from the U.S.? This and that. No, I'm completely at home, (laughs) you know, born here, and my identity is still mine. It's not a Western concept, like people said, uh, for gender equality or for LGBT, IQ community. But it's just the way that for those who like to dominate other using a dominance of power and cannot accept diversity, they would use a different way, especially using the culture and norm as the way that they need to attack the other group back.
1: So I wanted to direct a question to you, Skylar. Uh, You're very open about your own gender identity and I guess some of your developing identity on Instagram and your other platforms. I was wondering what you could tell us about, I guess, your personal journey.
2: The most annoying thing is the misconception that LGBT people are the same. Everybody in the LGBT umbrella is different because there is from gay, lesbian, trans, and bi. I don't think that people in Cambodia understand that. People just call everybody third gender, petty bi, right? Yeah, so they call that for everybody, for gay people, for lesbians, for transgender, and I think that needs to get better in a lot of ways because people just kind of not care and throw us in one bucket. If that makes any sense. So, how do you feel
0: when people like they miscalling like your status or what you want them to call you? I
2: think there's a few things that happens there is that people are a little bit scared to ask if it's not obvious. I think that I'm kind of like a bit further in my transition, so it's obvious to people that I'm trans. people just address me as my preferred pronoun now but before um before i still dress the way i dress i still act the way i act but then there are people that aren't sure and then they ask oh what do you prefer and then there's also people that just trying to make jokes and then try to be funny and then it just goes very sour for me i know very clearly how to defend myself and how to not let people get away scot-free, even if it happens to me or it happens to other people that I come across on social media and just real life. How I deal with it is a very straightforward thing. I'm not trying to be funny with anybody that I don't know. And then if I see somebody that have a questionable um, interaction with somebody, I just go up and tell them, hey, here's how it is. You don't intentionally misgender somebody or make fun of somebody for your own sake.
1: So you mentioned having a very supportive community around you and support network. I'm wondering when you first started, when you started your transition, but even before that, it sounds like you were experimenting with kind of gender fluidity and some of these things. How was that process of acceptance with your social safety net? How did people respond when you first started taking those early steps?
2: Lots of lots of questions from my circle, how do we address you correctly? How do we not offend you? And how do we address you to other people if you're asked about, you know, and for me at those stage, when I wasn't sure, I just tell the people, hey, right now, for the time being, I don't mind. And then that is something that I have to be clear with myself that do I not mind? Or am I just scared to say, you know, that makes it easier for me to kind of like navigate how I feel about the situation. Not having support from your family and from your immediate circle and being questioned about your gender and about your motive is very stressful. Finding a way to help people to not stress about that too much so they can be stress-free about their gender and then focus on other things that Life-improving, if that makes any sense.
0: Bon Ri say you have many experience working in like gender equality and also like meaningful and sustainable participation in public governance. How do like you see the landscape of LGBT community in Cambodia in the past and also now, is there any big difference?
3: A little bit of change, especially on a different platform that LGBT community, they can have a space to talk, to speak out about their story, their challenge. The issues that they face, the struggle, discriminations, and also their success, you know. I see the trend of that. It's a good start. And also showing the support from the government. They got support from a head of the uh, Human Rights Commission. They get support from the police department and also from other side. I think that is something change that we should be encountered. Of course, change did not happen overnight. It takes a lot of time, especially with those taboo discussions or topics. And something that people try to normalize. But again, um, no matter the space that open up, for example, on social media. Remember that there is case, I don't need to mention the name. I think everyone <laughs> hearing about that. Here's something about how he reacts to discriminate about LGBT. And then you, you see a lot of reactions. When we believe in democracy, you know, it's always good to agree to disagree. It's always good to yeah. debate. It's always good to have a space to talk and dialogue. At least we have those faith. He say, I always support LGBTI community, but I'm not LGBT. You know, (laughs) that is the last sentence. If you are truly believe that you are really supporting them. You don't need to act that last. Well, people might say he just want to confirm that he's not in the LGBT. But what is the matter? Why you need to confirm that? I'm showing the support to LGBTI community, but hey, I just want to tell you guys that I'm not bisexual,
2: I'm not lesbian, or I'm not interested in the same sex. Yeah, it shows the level of insecurity in themselves. What if somebody truly confused, like a straight girl for a lesbian? What does that do to the person? It doesn't do anything at all. Agree on
3: if we all believe that everyone is a human being. And as a human being, we need to treat everyone equally and in a respectful way. If we think in
2: that way, you don't need to add that. The last situation that blew up on Facebook a few weeks ago about the guy talking about the other thing, that's completely there. That shows a very high level of insecurity for me. And it's not flattering to the community.
1: So Tina, can you explain for us real quick what scenario where uh, our guests are talking about right now?
0: You guys were talking about like one like, influencer on Facebook. One day, he just come out and talk about, oh, I support LGBTQ like, community, but just so you know, I'm not like gay. I would say that I really totally agree with what Skyler said. It showed like, the high level of insecurity, right?
2: They... I mean, if the person is totally comfortable with themselves, they will take that as flattering. I, okay, I'm trans. I'm not attracted to another trans girl. But if there's another trans girl that say, oh my God, Skylar, you're cute. I would be so flattered. That does not take away my womanness or anything at all, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, that kind of brings me to something else I was wondering. I mean, Skylar, you're an influencer in this space. You talk about LGBT issues. There are other influencers who are also talking about these things. Uh, what do both of you think... Is the youth culture regarding lgbt topics? do you think there's a generational divide we could call it kind of uh maybe more future looking young people take on being lgbt in Cambodia
2: Well, I'm not an influencer I'm just a person that just runs sure sure <laughs>
1: hey and what else is an influencer right? <laughs> In connecting it to the influencer thing, just in the sense that social media is this giant platform for young people to talk about any issue. And we're seeing, as as you guys were just talking about, LGBT matters are part of that. They're part of the discussion in a very public way that I'm guessing they weren't for quite a long time in Cambodia just because there was nothing like social media. So I'm wondering, now that we have this new platform, now that we have these conversations that are happening do we think that, I guess, what is our assessment of LGBT matters, LGBT people in Cambodia?
2: Um, I think people now have the access to express themselves with social media, a lot of young artists, influencers, just young people in general that happens to be LGBT. Yeah, they're able to speak more about themselves, about their sexuality, about their gender and all that. So I think that is a good start to kind of letting people in and see how, hey, how normal we are. So I think it's a good start. And then those young people will eventually grow and then become like learning spot for everybody else. You know, when I was younger, I truly was not focused or thinking much about the situation nor about the community stuff. Now on social media, people are more expressive. People are happy access to express themselves more. So I think that's a good thing. And then just to let people know that, hey, every talented person, every smart person, Every sassy person can be anything, can be straight, gay, lesbian, trans, cisgender can be anything, you know. So it's a very normal thing to understand.
1: And Racy, from your work, I'm wondering, do you think some of these conversations about identity, sexual identity, gender identity, do you think the youth of Cambodia are leading them or driving them forward?
2: I'm not sure about if they're leading or there's conversation starters, but I think they're definitely involved. Yeah, in one way or another, they're definitely involved. they definitely speak up. And I think speaking up is very important. And how about you, Bong Just want to add up
3: to what Scala
2: said. We know
3: that social media have a pro and con. It depends on how we use it. So it's good that you're coming up into those discussions like we mentioned earlier. But again, it's also important to try to also project the, I would say, it's the reality and also the true information, but not misconceptions. Because somehow we think that we might promote LGBTI community, but the way that we try to narrate and also the way that we bring into the discussion might not help, but also reinforce those track and challenges more and more. So we need to be careful on that, what narrative that we bring in online. I still believe that youth play a very important role in all discussion, not only about LGBTI community, especially looking at Cambodia that we know that around 60% are youth. So it's very important to have a platform or discussion to unpack those norms. I know that it's not very easy, you know, when all of us are stuck in here and then coming back home, our family and our relatives still reinforce that kind of system and all those things. Just want to coming back to what Skylar mentioned earlier about supporting system. That is very, very important, especially for the LGBTI community and also other marginalized groups. Because it's not an easy, like people thought that coming out, it's just an easy way. Hey friend, I'm gay. Hey friend, I'm lesbian. It's not only that, because it is a process. It is a struggle that you need to tackle those challenges. You're telling your friend, your friend might say, it's okay, be who you are. But when you're back home, how your family respond because the most dynamic power relation is with someone that you are feel really close your parent your relative and your own community that is important your friend they might be at the same age they might be at the same level of understanding they might see seeing the same thing like you so that would not be a much problem like Kyla said she have a you know your your circle community that really supporting you Again, I just want to emphasize that coming out is a process because it needs a level of acceptance. It needs the levels of how you're dealing with those backlash. It needs ability and confidence to stand up and to be who you are no matter what. And that is not easy when the society tries to structure you to be who they want you to be. Challenging those norms and, and culture, it needs a system of support.
2: It's very important to have a very supportive base Just to get you started, if you are um, curious about your friend's identity, you have to be very careful of what you ask, because the last thing that people want to feel pressured is to pressure to come out. Are you gay? Do you want to come out? Or are you trans? Do you want to come out? That will just be so much pressure, and I don't recommend doing that at all. I feel like it's really
0: hard for people in this society to accepting who they really are. What are the root cause?
2: I think not every trans kid or gay kid born in a family full of trans people or full of gay people. So that makes a person think that they're different already. And just for human being in general, being different is something that's very scary and uncomfortable. So that right there, I think that's the root cause of having issues coming out and things like that. When the person grows up, of course, we have those comments. We have those questions. We have, oh trans is this, gay is that. And then that just scares the person even more in general, you know. So that is another cause of struggling to come out. And then it's confusing enough for the person themselves to think about, oh my God, I think boys are supposed to be boys and stay. But I don't feel like that. I feel like a girl. But you see how confusing that is for a child.
1: <laughs> Isai, I'm wondering what challenges do you see through your work facing the LGBT community in Cambodia?
3: The most difficult part is those misconceptions and other things. I would call it into one word, negative norm at the mindset. Then needs a lot of effort and time to change the perceptions. When we're talking about the norm and culture, it's not one person practice it. It's a majority of the community practice it. The way they see things, the way how things should be, that how culture plays and works in the society. So that is the thing that I think is the most challenging when we start to talking about LGBTI You need to bring up those discussions. Don't you afraid that they will change our identity? Don't you afraid that they will navigate our culture into other ways? Don't you afraid that when you allow those people to have a space or coming out, don't you afraid that the next generation will be followed them? Again, it go back to the misconception. It's not a threat with disease. It's not like a COVID pandemic. I hug Skylar or even I touch her hand. I will not become a gay or transgender. You know, of course not. That is the thing that we need to be clear on that somehow people go to follow someone. I don't think that would be about their gender identity or sexual orientation, but about their talent. For example, like I want to be a designer because I see how Skylar success in her way. That's how I feel proud of and I want to be a part of that journey. I think that is the way that we need to navigate our discussion. The thing is that if the culture is bad, if that culture is trying to oppress and suppress others, and if that culture restricts the freedom of expression, if that culture not really respect the fundamental of human rights, what is the
2: use of continuing practice that culture? That is the question. Totally agree. I think yeah, when it comes to these things, people need to just understand that people just need one thing, like as simple as common sense that a good and a bad person in life in general does not made by their gender or sexual preferences. You know, if you come to a very simple common sense, you just understand that, and then you're on your way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And LGBT people have always been a part of Cambodian culture. They've just not necessarily been as vocal a part as they are today. So Something new, it's just more visible.
0: I really like wondering what kind of ideal culture that you think is really good and really open like for our LGBTQ plus community.
2: Um, I think just reserve your reaction, just say to yourself that it's okay. is something for everybody to learn. I think for now, we're already on our way. And it's a good start of talking about the issues and just helping people understand more and more. I think that is good. And then just people in general, just let people live. (laughs) One more thing that I kind of want to bring up is that if more platforms like you guys doing things like this, this is going to help tremendously. Cambodian media has not been the kindest to LGBT people and trans people in general, we've always been viewed as if not the comedian, where the actual joke or we a prop or an extra. So that has not done any good for the community. That just put us in a very bad, bad place for the general public because the media has the very powerful views to their viewers. And then if these are the kind of image and these other kind of thing that you portrayed LGBT people, that is, I think, one of the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, so having conversations like this is very helpful.
1: Yeah, and you bring up something that I'm pretty interested in, actually, this idea of historically how LGBT people are seen in Cambodia, like what role they've had to play in society. And you mentioned, yeah, kind of like the butt of a joke or portrayed in media as like as a prop. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, In what ways have you seen that?
2: If we're not neglected, we are focused on the wrong parts. For example, I do not see the media view LGBT people as equal not that it's non-existent it's very very small I think as anything that is small that is already a good start but just in general um, if it's not about something that's pitiful it's they don't view us as on an equal normal level as everybody else that's in entertainment or in mainstream media in general. For me, I have not seen a success story being shown. You know, I just would love to see it more because that will help show to everybody else that, hey, trans people, gay people, um, bisexual, lesbian, there's just like everybody else, we we'll go through life, we succeed, we fail, we love, we feel things, you know, the most important yet very simple aspect of all these things is Our gender and sexuality is not the leading aspect of our life. Why is our gender and our sexuality the main thing that we're focused on? You are totally right.
0: And how about you, Borise? Is there anything you would like to add?
3: Um in many ways that how media play a very important role in reinforce the discrimination against LGBTI community because somehow we thought that oh it's just a joke but that joke it really bullies it really affects their emotional and also the way they participate in the discussion for example there is an interview that Skyline mentioned earlier they did cover the success story of the LGBT people Uh, for example like interview someone but that kind of question of asking why your success added to this level it's only one question but beyond that how many boyfriends do you have how much money did you spend for a boy how much money did you spend for a girl and then through the conversation they make a joke just like but make sure my child is not like you i don't see a very substantive or content question have been asked and untaxing how we all need to be discuss and not to accept those discrimination they saying that their soul is to capture the success story of this person but looking at the question that they ask mostly it's all about the private life how many times did you make an operations a five time four time and any part you already changed that part or not yet or it's just a bottom one not a bottom one and people laugh about that. I'm the person who like reading the comments. Uh, so all come and see how they turn. And people make fun of it. Make sure that you are a beautiful gay. Make sure that you have a beautiful transgender. Oh, perhaps you not yet upgraded to another level. That's why your operation is not really success. You're not really, you know, beautiful as the way it is. So make sure that you earn more money to make a better quality of operation. So you will more beautiful like a Miss Universe. To be frank, I'm getting sick of it. Because... We don't earn anything from those conversations. Remember, media play a very crucial role in, in bringing the facts, but also educate people and how media influence. Even through the advertisement that they make our LGBTI community as a subordinate role to run after the man. I mean, those subordinate roles, but not a leading role. It's like what they do to women. So we need to question back on that and saying that, you know, I don't like thing. I remember I myself, even I'm straight, but I got those discrimination, you know, MIDI asked me, after you married, how you manage your family and you can go to work? How you manage your household chore while you are still working as the executive director? And I asked back, would you ask the same question to the man if I'm the man? And... The just say, no, I'm, I'm just curious to know how you're managing your life balance. It's not how I'm managing the life balance, but I call it the discrimination question that you put in double standard, that you already have the assumption that I, as a woman, the gender role that I have beside the executive director, I need to be taking care of all the household chores at home. Have you asked that to a male politician or a male leader? Who will be taking care of your children while you go to work? It's just an example that even I myself also pressing that.
2: Definitely I could not agree with you more. And just like I said, I'm sick of it. I don't mess with the media and entertainment here so much. Once we can get that checked and get that correctly, we will never make progress and people would never see us as equal because, like I said, painfully, the mainstream media has a very big power, very big influence, and it's very very frustrating that this is a type of image that we are being viewed as and we are being portrayed. The example that you brought up, I think we're talking about the same interview. They interviewed three trans girls, success stories, but then as a joke, they asked the girls to act like boys, which is very traumatizing and very disheartening for trans girls because the last thing that trans girls want to be are boys. You know, And I think people can do a lot, a lot better, can have Way, way much more useful messages to put out there. And then this is the type of thing that is very disappointing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and that brings me to another question I had. Wondering what protections LGBT people have today in Cambodia, whether that's legal or social, I guess, any protections from discrimination, whether that's in housing or work, protections from violence, protections against, I guess, anything else that might come with some of these negative feedback from society?
2: We don't see like a clear cut and dry thing that we can say, oh, this is a guaranteed thing that I'm going to get when I go out to society or when I go out to the world, even if it's legal or social. I'm not too sure about that, you know, because there's not a guaranteed thing to the social protection and stuff. You know, you might get it, you might not from people. A lot of the time you have to defend yourself when you get into a situation and, um, you know, sometimes you might get help from other people. For the legal aspect of it, I am not so sure. It's a hard thing because, especially for trans people, we don't have an actual treatment of hormone replacement therapy. So trans people here, we're facing that kind of problem that we don't have a doctor that do that for us.
1: So how can you access hormones and some of these things that you need for your healthcare?
2: For me, I do the research. It takes months and months and months and then just check in, like, certified pharmacy and then kind of just started slow on that. I did went to a uh, clinic here that is a renowned clinic and then let it be known that they have hormone replacement therapy. But then when I went, they kind of don't even know what trans is. So that is very questionable to me. And that again, so that right there was very um, frustrating. The legal aspect of it, it's not illegal to be LGBT. I think that's what we've been provided so far. We're not going to be put in jail in Cambodia. Yeah, but for some other countries, we would actually be put in jail. But just the being trans, for example, Tina, you and I, we are the same people. You know me, uh, like I know you, so we're the third sort of citizens of the world. If we enter the certain country, I will be put in jail.
0: And how about you, Bon Say? Do you think that in Cambodia, there is enough support and like social protection for LGBTQ plus
3: community? The law only said men and women. Uh-huh. The law lesson not said about same-sex marriage. That is a problem. So, so far, for those who are married, in terms of legal protections, as husband and wife, they don't have that kind of legal protection. So it's very difficult for them if there is something happening. Or, for example, that they want to have a former family, you know, own a property, or they want to having a child through different ways of depends. It's kind of thing that makes them very difficult to access the legal protection. When we're talking about social protection, one of the part of that also need to looking at the mental health support. There's some limitation of those who providing those mental health support have limited understanding on the LGBTI community. And also, they might not really professional enough to heal the issue. So that's why I think that it would be very important to find a, someone that can listen to your story better, not to be like 10 for professional counseling. But again, we also need to hold the accountable of the state that LGBTI community is also a part of the country, is a citizen of this country, and regardless less of sex and gender identity. Protected by the law, both national and international law. So that is something we need to be uphold in terms of legal status. Mental health support that need to work more on how those who are provide services understanding uh, the issues and the language of the LGBTI community. And also at the same time, we not yet have the uh, discrimination language in our law. We do have in our penal code sexual harassment rap, sexual assault, but we not just have the clear definition of uh, direct and indirect discrimination.
0: I can spend like all day listening to this topic, right? It's really interesting and it's really eye-opening, you know, even for me that I have like many like gay friends, lesbian friends, but I always like love to hear their story. But there is a time we can come up to the final question. So what do you think the future of LGBTQ plus community in Cambodia look like?
3: I still have a hope a hope for our country, a hope on our youth, a hope on our citizens. Things might be struck gold and it might hurt, but that is how it changes, you know, starting from a worm to become a butterfly. It's it's a process, you know. So I see in the positive side, especially for the reasons uh, debate on uh, social media, how people are coming out and seeing their comment. If you last two or three years, you will see the comment, oh my God. At hate speech and discrimination and all those stuff. But looking at the recent issue that popping up on Facebook, at least people coming out to say, hey, what's the matter? And people just, just give a comment in a very proper way, not a hate speech, not a discriminate. Yeah. That is a sign that I keep alert myself that I still have a hope for our country that we're moving on. The next generations of the LGBT might not face that kind of thing. They might face in different pictures. they might face in different worlds. They might face in different phenomena, but the thing is that they get more support. That is what I hope: support and collective power. is very important. I'm not hoping that it's just one podcast will change the mindset of the people, but I hope that you will start to open up yourself and question back. Just let someone to be who they are, and recognize the talents and acknowledge their capacity. And their dignity as a human being, not about their gender and sex. And most important thing, last message from me is creating love, not hat. And love will be make the world beautiful.
2: That is actually very amazing. And I'm so glad that you're on the same page when you mentioned that we have hope. We are not at a happy place yet. And this is a start. You know, we need to work harder to educate people. We need to keep pushing out. The messages that are right and accurate and then just keep going from there and let people strive you know and yeah and from this podcast i hope people take something away from this at least an understanding at least a realization of where we're actually at right now despite all the celebrations and all those things we do have problems that we're facing and diagnosing the problem and then admitting that and then working on the problems together this is the beginning of fighting
0: so i think this was amazing conversation thank you for today
3: thank you so much thanks a lot for you too very well done
1: thank you what? this has been Anacut future podcast brought to you by southeast asia globe sponsored by conrad and stiftung and produced by mr jan miller